There's more talent than in everyone than they ever know. He said there are no overachievers. What, how can we figure out how to, how to break through the fears, obstacles, habits, or doubts that keep us from realizing that we have that in us? Is a recipe for, for a life of great, great success, joy, fulfillment. And it simply put, it says, be easy to impress, but hard to offend. Welcome to our podcast, a weekly discussion with people who are in the business of pleasure. Brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Once a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. Interviews will include the founders of Bedroom Candy, some of our amazing consultants, entrepreneurs, sex toy designers, as well as educators and experts in the industry. Join me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, on this journey of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in the business of pleasure. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. This week, I have the amazing opportunity to interview somebody that I absolutely love and admire, Mr. Brian Biro. The first and most important thing about Mr. Biro is that we had the absolute pleasure of meeting him last August at our Bedroom Candy Convention. He was our keynote speaker. And we were all just, you know, blown away by his presentation. Um, you know, at, we were at a point in the business where we were really looking to inspire leadership and entrepreneurship and helping people to believe in themselves and really understand that the opportunity that Bedroom Candy presents, it was right there before them. But what they needed to do was to realize that and to figure out with our help how to really leverage all of the opportunity that is there. And Brian just did an amazing job of getting our women to and men to shift their mindset into um, that sort of leadership uh, mentality. Um, over the last few months, I was really, again, excited because Brian got in touch with me and told me that um, he uh, was releasing a new book, which we were also excited about. I just got my copy. It's called There Are No Achievers. See the thing, your windows of opportunity to do more than you thought possible. And that's just kind of my kind of book and my kind of title. Let me take a minute to introduce Mr. Byro, and then we'll jump right into our Business of Pleasure podcast. So Brian Byro is America's breakthrough coach. He has delivered over 1,600 presentations around the world over the last 25 years. The author of 11 books, including his brand new There Are No Achievers, there are no overachievers. Brian was rated number one from over 40 speakers at four consecutive Inc. Magazine International Conferences. With degrees from Stanford University and UCLA, Brian has appeared on Good Morning America, CNN, and a featured speaker at the Disney Institute in Orlando. 
Brian was recently named one of the top 100 most inspirational graduates in the history of the USC of the UCLA Graduate School of Business. He was also honored as one of the top 65 motivational speakers in the world. So it was with great pleasure and excitement for me that I introduced to our business of pleasure audience, Mr. Brian Byro. Brian, it's really wonderful to have you with us today on Thank the Business you, of Pleasure. It's great to be with you again. I loved meeting all of the wonderful people from Bedroom Candy last year. Uh, just fabulous people, fantastic energy. So the opportunity to uh, be with you today, talk a little bit about my new book and some really powerful ideas to help help them in their in their lives, in their businesses, in their families, in their health, um, is just a joy and a privilege. And it's always great to talk to you. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So let's dig right in. And you're brand, you know, you've got this brand new book, There Are No Overachievers, um, Seizing Your Windows of Opportunity to, mo- to Do More Than You Thought Possible. That just hit the bookstores. It's an unusual title. I love it. Where, how did you come up with the title? Well, you know, that, that title is something that grabbed me. Um, the first time I ever heard it uh, was from my, my mentor. My mentor was the greatest college basketball coach of all time, and his name was John Wooden. John Wooden coached UCLA basketball, and he was, he was the greatest. Um, he, his teams won 10 national championships, but he was an even better person than he was a coach. And when I first met him, and he, one of the great honors of my life was that he wrote the foreword to my first book, which was called Beyond Success. But when I first met him, I, I was running a really large company, a, a training company of people all over North America. And I thought, what would be better than to interview the guy that I thought was the greatest team builder of them all? to figure out how he thought that might be a little different than the way most people thought, and then to share it with my team that was all around North America. So I got to sit down in the living room with this legend, um, ask him a bunch of questions, interview him. We became great friends. But one of the questions I asked him gave me the title. I asked him, Coach, what's the difference between a good team and a great team? And I'll never forget his answer um, because he sort of shocked me. He said, you know, Brian, it isn't that much about talent. There's more talent than in everyone than, you ever, than they ever know. He said there are no overachievers. We are all underachievers. In other words, what he was saying is there's more in you than you dreamed of. You have more opportunity. Today you have the opportunity to be the most courageous you've ever been, to communicate better than you've ever done, to be more generous, to be more alive, to be more vibrant. Um, to be more, to have an idea that changes the course of your life. And so it just grabbed me, that idea that there are no overachievers. And he said, the difference between a good you and a great you comes when you understand that, and you understand that the difference comes down to a choice between being merely willing to do your best or being eager to do your best. And so that's where that title came from. It stuck with me so much because my whole life has been about trying to help people to discover that part of them that they wonder about, that they doubt from time to time. Can I really build a business? Can I really overcome my fear of speaking in front of groups of people? Can I really build a family and have a great business at the same time? The answer to that is woo, which stands for window of opportunity. Woo, yes, when you understand it's already in you to do all of those things if you make certain choices. Wow, I love that. It, it reminds me a little bit. Are you familiar with Lou Tice? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Lou Tice from uh, the uh, Investment in Excellence program from uh, long ago in the Seattle area. Yes, yes, the Pacific Institute. Well, I had a similar opportunity. He asked a, a good friend of mine, uh, a very well-known person in the music industry, to pull together 10 people who um, he thought had the ability to change the world. And I was really lucky. I, I got invited to go for a weekend. And we did a lot of that kind of work. And, um, you know, one of the things he talked about was opportunity and us being able to sometimes, you know, be able to open up to see some things that are right there in front of us, the abilities we have that are right inside us. How do you, you know, how do you pinpoint that? And, you know, just listen listening to you speak just brought Lou right back into my head. He was such an amazing man. I felt it was a blessing to have a weekend with somebody with him and his wife and, you know, 10 other people just talking about all of these concepts. And I too felt, you know, very motivated that I could get out there and really, you know, every time somebody taught, every time I speak to someone, I really think, you know, how can I support that person in, in getting to that next level? And I also think, about it you know myself as well so I just I, I just love the title of your book I, I love what you're doing um, what were some of your motivations to write the book you know that's a, a great question and the, the thing that I really have driven to write this book for it's really been my whole life as you just talked about that you discovered from Lou Tice that we have so much in us and the question I have is why is it that too many people get later into their life and ask this question, why didn't I? Why didn't I tell them how much I loved them? Why didn't I, why didn't I go for that business? Why did I let fear overcome my faith? And so the motivation that's driven me in this book comes from the two places. One, my absolute conviction that everyone has, what's in, has more inside of them than they ever dreamed of. And two, what, how can we figure out how to, how to break through the fears, obstacles, habits, or doubts that keep us from realizing that we have that in us? And so this book was, was a fresh look, at, I, and I, I love the power of stories. So the book is filled with stories about helping people to kind of get beyond the focus on the barriers, on the obstacles, because either way, what you focus on is what you create. And so many people have been conditioned, we've been conditioned in our society to look at the obstacle rather than the solution too often, to look at what's wrong instead of really focusing on what's right. And so that's the, the heart of the motivation is to shift that conditioning. Um, if you look at our political world, if you look at um, you know, what's on television, uh, too often it, the focus is on the, the obstacle, on what's wrong, of pointing fingers, of blame. And so the concept here is to say, um, we can shift that conditioning. We can start looking beyond the obstacle and start to create the lives, the businesses, the families, um, the, the, the experience that we really want to create. So that's really at the heart of it, because I believe in people. I believe every single person on this call, you, there is no question in my mind that you can build a successful business 
that you can have a successful family, a successful life. Will it always go perfect? No. But within every adversity is planted the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. So even the what seems to be the bumps in the road, sometimes those are the things from which we learn the most. So those were the things that drove me to write this book. And it was really, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a labor, but we'll just use the terminology, a labor of love. I mean, I was so uh, inspired and motivated every second I was writing. Um, so I'm really excited that it's out there and that, that uh, it has a chance to hopefully really affect people in a positive way. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. So I was really drawn to the chapter about the power of questions and a recipe for a great life you describe. Both of these principles could have a fantastic positive impact on our consultants as they build their businesses and raise their families. Would you talk about those fresh ideas? Absolutely. Um, I love the, um, the, I'm glad that you brought that up because so often when we think about what we're supposed to do in life, we think that we're supposed to give answers, that we think that when we become a leader, we become a mother, we become a father, when we're any position of, of responsibility and leadership, we think we're, that leadership is equivalent to giving answers. Now, there's a time for answers, right? but I really believe that in today's world, um, especially with the millennials and with younger people, that the power of your life is going to be determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself. And the quality of your team will largely be determined by the quality of the questions you ask each other. Questions are magnificent, and we've not been taught about the power of questions. And the reason they're so important, you know, Nadine, when somebody asks you what you think, they ask you a question, they ask for your input, they ask for your, your thoughts, doesn't it immediately make you feel valued? Doesn't it make you feel like somebody thinks, Hey, they're asking me what I think. They care about what I think. They value my they value my input. Absolutely because, you know, and 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 the the opposite also happens. I mean, when somebody asks me for my input and, you know, I feel valued and when I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm overlooked or my input isn't asked for, I feel undervalued. I feel these people don't recognize my value. They don't even care what my perspective is on this issue. And so the, you know, the opposite is also true. You feel so Absolutely. undervalued when you're sitting there and people don't care to know what your opinion is. You feel so exactly. undervalued. It's so important to ask people what they think. And in, in your business, in, this, in the business of, of direct sales, of network marketing, relationship marketing, the key thing that has to be true for somebody to be successful is they have to do it. They have to take charge. They have to take responsibility. You can bring them in. You want to coach them. You want to guide them. You want to connect with them. But unless they start to carry their own business, uh, you can't carry everyone. And so how do you get them to do that? Well, you've got to ask instead of tell. Ask them what they think. Ask them, create situations and questions where you put them in positions where they're going to have to think for themselves. One, they'll feel valued. Two, they're going to have to create and think for themselves. Powerful questions allow people to discover that part of them that they will not discover on their own if you keep telling them, because then they don't have to think. They're just going like a paint by the numbers. Right. So that's right. one of the powers of, of, of asking great questions. Um, the recipe that you referred to in the question that goes along with this is a recipe for, for a life of great, great success, joy, fulfillment. And as simply put, it says, be easy to impress, but hard to offend. Uh -huh. I'll say that again so you really kind of think about it. Be easy to impress, but hard to offend. Wow. Um, 
the biggest reason that people give up on a business, on a relationship, on life, is that they feel rejected. They feel the need for approval, all right, and they don't feel approved. The need for approval is a crushing thing. This recipe for success can help you move beyond the need for approval. You still appreciate it when people reach out to you and believe in you and give you praise and give you compliments, but you don't need it. You just accept it and appreciate it and thank them for it. When you're easy to impress, you're going to ask more questions because you're interested in people. And never forget that your business, I love the business of pleasure. What a great, (sighs) great way to put it. Your business is a people business. It's all about people. The vehicle is pleasure. The vehicle is are your products. But what it's about is helping people live richer, fuller, more satisfied, more pleasurable, more joyous lives. And so when you're easy to impress, you help people feel excited. Like you just said, when somebody asks you in a meeting that uh, what you think, you feel valued. Well, when you're easy to impress, people feel valued. When you're hard to offend, you don't take everything personally. And that is a huge one. Um, so often, it is not personal. When, when you feel like you're being, somebody's kind of attacking you, when somebody, you feel like somebody is, you know, questioning you and, and not really believing in you, 99 times out of 100, there's something else going on that you may not know about. And when you're hard to offend, what happens is you ask a question like this. This is an incredibly empowering question when, when you feel attacked. What else could this mean? What else could this mean? And immediately, instead of feeling uptight and feeling like you're being personally attacked, you think, well, I wonder what's going on with them. And you'll ask a new question. Maybe they had a rough day. Maybe they didn't understand what I said, and I need to recommunicate in a better way. Maybe it has nothing to do with me, and something's going on with them that I want to be compassionate about. So I I tell a couple stories in the book, one about my grandmother, who was like the most easy-to-impress person. She found beauty, joy, fun in every single person and every single day. And she was so happy and she really affected my life in that way. And I tell the story about the great golfer, Jack Nicholas, who really was hard to offend when he came up in the world of sport. He was the bad guy because he was defeating at that time, the greatest golfer of all, the most popular golfer named Arnold Palmer. But Jack Nicholas was hard to offend. He kept to his track. He always treated people with dignity and respect and today he is revered as uh, not only as a, as a great in the sport, but as one of the greatest people around. So if you really start to take that to heart, say, today I choose to be easy to impress but hard to offend, you'll ask more questions. You'll be more interested in people. People will feel valued and they'll be drawn to you. And you won't take things personal. Wow. Wow, that's <laughs> that's that's really amazing. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, your grandmother... You know, I'm a new grandmother. Um, my Ooh, grandson. I'm a new grandpa. I know. I remembered last year at convention, your daughter was getting ready to have her baby. That's right. Right? Yeah. And our grandson is, um, he's like 16 months, 17 months right now. And oh, he is just. Thank you. He is just the joy of my life. And. When I'm around him, as you described your grandmother, I always feel like I want to be at my best in Marcus's presence. I want to be happy. I want to be positive. I want to just project great, positive things. 
things onto this child because I love him so much and I I just want him to have just good feelings and energy around him and I try to be happy and we make faces at each other and we laugh and I <laughs> I'm just learning I'm just trying to get it I'm, I'm teaching him you know when I tickle him to make him laugh and I just love that I just love that positive opportunity to imprint positively on a human being and I want him to remember me the way you described your grandmother as you were talking about it 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 made me feel warm inside because I thought that's how I would like Marcus to talk about me 30 years from now so well it sounds like you're well on the way uh, good on you I, I love that little boy so another one of your chapters that was so interesting to me um was entitled Take the High Road. The view is so much better. <laughs> Reminds me of, <laughs> of Michelle Obama a little bit, but Take the High Road. Yes. The view is so much better. Wondering if you would share with our listeners the powerful concept that you write about in that chapter. Absolutely. You know, this book is mostly all, all about really focusing on what we want. But it's also important to get clear about what is the most destructive element that can destroy a business, destroy a team, destroy a family. And just to get clear about it and know how to deal with it. And that destructive element can be summed up in one word. It is the word B-L-A-M-E, blame. Blame destroys teams. Blame destroys relationships. Blame serves no constructive purpose. And so when I'm talking about the high road, I'm talking about... Really becoming, as you build your business, as you, as you grow, as you grow as a person, as you build your family, to be what I call a blame buster. And there's a very simple reason why this concept is so practical and so valuable. And it, it really has to do with the concept of blame in relationship to time. When you think about blame, is blame about the past, the present, or the future? Wow. It's always about the past. It is. It is. Blame is always about the past. So here's the simple reason why blame serves no active, constructive purpose. Whenever you find yourself in blame, so you're blaming somebody, you're in the past. Can you do mm. anything about the past? Of course not. So the solution cannot be in blame. Um, so with blame busters, you've got to move on to the present to build a better future. So as a blame buster, and you're taking the high road, you simply say, when, when stuff is not working the way you want it to work, when there's been a challenge, when there's been a, a, you know, a problem, well, blame busters don't get stuck in blame and trying to point the fingers. Instead, what they say is, okay, let's get clear about what, what choices we made, what happened, what are we going to do now? Again, a great question. You shift from the past where there's no opportunity for solution to the present that allows whatever's happened to be something you learn from and then to move forward again. So blame busters build an incredible amount of momentum when they take that high road because when people feel blamed, uh, they feel like, they, they, that again, they are very undervalued. And there's no purpose because it's already done. But when they don't feel blamed, they're much more courageous. They're much more outgoing. They're much more excited. They're much more wanting to become that example of taking the high road. And in that chapter, I tell the story. It's kind of fun uh, right now because we're in the, the NBA playoffs, the basketball time. And I talk about one of, one of the great blame busters of the last few years has been LeBron James, the king. Right, because right. what LeBron did was he was absolutely ostracized when he left Cleveland many years ago to go play in Miami. He was just, he was maligned by the owner. He was called terrible names. 
But finally, he decided he wanted to come home. All through that time, he, he always felt he knew his home, where his home was, and around the Cleveland area in Akron, Ohio. And he came back, and he, and he came back, and he said, hey, you know what? Who am I to point fingers? Who am I to blame somebody else? And because of that, he helped the owner, Dan Gilbert, also be a blame buster. What's the result? They won the world championship last year, and they, oh, they oh. have an, a shot at it again this year. So you can be a world champion in building your business and your business, uh, your business of pleasure, but you won't do it until you take the high road and become a blame buster. Wow. Wow. This is just so full and so wonderful. Brian, my last question for you about the book. I mean, I feel like I could curl up with you on a couch with a nice uh, bottle of smooth red sweet wine and just talk about this book all afternoon. It's just so awesome. <laughs> but um, tell me about your chapter called Just Listen. You know, I'm, I'm trained as a therapist and I know that listening is so important and I really pride myself in, you know, working every day to be a good listener. I work at it to listen to people and listen to the people that I'm speaking to. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, that's a fun little chapter, but it's about really the, the concept of really listening is something that is, it sounds pretty simple, but what are we usually doing when we're in a conversation with somebody? Instead of actually listening, a lot of times we're formulating what we're going to say next while they're talking. So we're not fully listening. We're not just listening. Uh, and we, we have time to do that. We can take it all in, listen, and then come up with what we're going to say. But that takes practice. So I tell in this book a story about a person that uh, was on my team. I was running this large training company. She was um, in charge of all of our customer service, incredibly important person. But she really did not connect with me. And it was because I had replaced as the, as the head of the company somebody she was extremely loyal to. And somehow she had equated that, it was, that I was responsible. It really had nothing to do with me. I just ended up taking over the position when they, he was let go. So I became um, you know, kind of a bad guy. And I tried all kinds of things to work with her. I gave her space. I complimented her genuinely when I saw anything good. I tried all that I knew, but nothing worked. Finally, I did something that my wife and I do from time to time whenever we re need to get out of the rush of, of go, go, go and really connect and really be present for one another. And I did a just listen session. I said, would you, her name was Raffaella. I said, Raffaella, would you come in my office? You're, it's so important that we have a good relationship, but we're not making it work. And everybody can feel it. And there's tension and iciness around here. I said, would you come in and allow me for five minutes? Actually, it was 10 minutes. For 10 minutes, I will do nothing but just listen to you. I will not argue. I will not defend. I will not speak. I will just listen. That's all I'll do for 10 minutes. At the end of the 10 minutes, then I ask that you give me 10 minutes and you would just listen to me. And I'll never forget Nadine, her response. She said, I don't think I could talk for 10 minutes. I said, it's really important we find a way to work together. Would you try? She said, okay. An hour later, she stopped talking. Wow. <laughs> An hour later. And in that hour, I said not a word. I did not defend. I just listened. I listened with every ounce of my heart and soul. And... Um, that was 30 years ago. Today, she is still one of my dearest friends. Our company took off like a rocket ship after that, that reconnection through just listening. So I encourage you, if you're working with somebody, if you're in your family, if there's somebody that you need to really reconnect with, if things aren't working the way you want, 
then do it. Just you can do it in five minutes. We are not conditioned to sp- to really listen to somebody for that long, and by doing so, we allow them to know how important they are to us. We let them know they're significant. We let them know that they're heard. Maybe the greatest human need is the need to feel feel heard and feel important. And so, the power of just listening creates that opportunity. Oh, wonderful. You know, I think about all of those concepts when we even talk about the business of pleasure and we talk about people and intimacy, that these are principles not only can you use in your professional life, but these are principles that you can uh, use in your your sex life, your intimacy, your relationships, listening to people, valuing people, asking them good questions, valuing one another. All of these are, are great concepts, whether it's your personal or your professional life. I think these are things that we can really utilize to increase the level of joy and satisfaction that we feel in our lives. And so, Brian, I thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join me and our community on the business of pleasure. I really enjoy speaking with you. I always do. I look forward to seeing you in August. Hopefully, you will join us this year in August at our convention. Um, And I just, again, want to thank you. The book is awesome. I've started reading it. I am lapping it up and enjoying it. Um, We're going to offer it as a promotion to our top 20 performers this coming month. And hopefully other people will be able. Can they buy it at Amazon? Where is the book available? Oh, it's available everywhere. You can get it in Amazon. You can get it at all the bookstores. That is so neat. I'm so, uh, so delighted, honored, and joyful to be uh, uh, welcomed into the Bedroom Candy family. Thank you so much, Nadine. What a great call. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll see you soon. All right. Enjoy that grandson. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was just another episode of The Business of Pleasure with author and motivational speaker and coach, Mr. Brian Biro. Thank you for joining us today on The Business of Pleasure. Would you like to earn free bedroom candy products, throw a bedroom candy party, find a consultant in your area, or join our amazing team of empowered bedroom candy consultants around the country? Or would you like to shop our gorgeous catalog of sexual health and wellness products? Visit us at bedroomcandy.com forward slash podcast. That's bedroom. K-A-N-D-I dot com forward slash podcast.